Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit presenceoc.org. Just want to invite Jesse up. If you guys just give a shout for Jesse Skinner. Hello. (laughs) I am a joyful giver. I'm a joyful receiver too. So if you have if you have something for me, I receive it. I've already got somebody already texted me a, a prophetic word this morning. I'm 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 fair game, all right? You know, you ever, you ever heard that leaders are the most under encouraged people? Let's laugh at that. <laughs> I might be the most encouraged person, so but I'm I'm a good receiver. So if you have more encouragement, if you wanna if you wanna if you want to bless a leader, just bless them. They need it. Our leaders radically need to be blessed, loved on, give them encouraging words, tell them they're amazing, tell our leaders they're amazing, tell each other they're amazing. If you belong to a different church, tell your pastor he's amazing. You don't have to give a real reason if you don't want to. Just tell him he's amazing. Tell him, tell him she's amazing. All right. Thanks. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All I want is Jesus. Worship was really good. (laughs) You guys won't be offended if one time we decide not to share a message and we just keep worshiping, will you? All right. Because that's what I want to do 90% of the time. But I recognize that, honestly, it's really good to teach and to empower and and to grow people. And so I hold back. But I'll be honest, like that's what I want to do most of the time. Um, all right, um, it's 11-11, yay God. Um, <laughs> I'm a constant thought process. You, can, you get that now, don't you? All right, Ben, it's good to see you. I think I saw you in the hallway one time. We connected, didn't we? Yeah, it's good to see you, man. It's radical elbow healing, dude. I know we're not healing people anymore, or maybe Jesus still is, but... I'll share a quick testimony because I was thinking about it. Last week, uh, one, of our, one of our people prayed for a man during church this morning that had an 11-year shoulder surf injury and had pain all the time, and it was hurting during church. That's from the devil. Uh, <laughs> and he got totally healed and all pain left, and his leg grew out an inch. It's good news. All right. Um, Glory, time is it? We're doing all right. Um, yeah, <laughs> Father, thank you for for this amazing group. Thank you, Father. This is good. You're doing a good thing here, Father. You're doing a really good thing. You're building a great community. You're building the kingdom here, Father, and we're just stoked to be a part of it. Yeah. Come on. Father, I just ask that you would actually touch everybody's heart this morning and that you would breathe the message into them, Father, that it wouldn't be about my words or my thoughts, my ideas, God, that it would actually be your Holy Spirit that would, that would actually speak some really important things to each one of us, God, as we go on this journey, God. Thank you, Father. Amen. Everybody say this. Say, I was brought here for a reason. This message is for me. I'm going to get it. Amen. All right. (laughs) 
So we're going to talk about one of my favorite geek out topics. I geek out on community. I love talking about community. Why? Because it's the kingdom, right? If we talk about community, we're talking about family. And I remember if we're going to do church, church essentially has to look like family because the kingdom looks like family. Our Father who art in heaven. We've been given a model, and our model is family. If I'm going to be, if I'm going to be direct about something, it's that, all right? There's a lot of things we can, we can disagree on, but that, this is about family, all right? Now, it sounds really simple, and yet it seems to elude us oftentimes, but that's okay. We're getting better. So when we talk about community, kind of hear this whole heart behind family also, okay? I love community. I love family. I'm super relational. If you've been around me long, I just like people. It's just what I'm good at. Um, we... My wife, Jessica, and I, she's amazing at it, too. We just, everywhere we go, we just decide, let's start community. <laughs> and we do that because we're selfish. Um, <laughs> we, we, just, we just want people around us. And we have two kids, and we don't really like taking them to other people's houses because they get cranky, and we don't know what to do with them, so we got to go home early. Um, and so we'll say, well, come to our house. <laughs> and so that's what we did. Um, and so we've just learned um, what community looks like. I actually started a company that actually is, uh, helps companies build organizational health, which is a fancy word for community. So, I just, so my heart is not just for the church family, but it's for business families because anywhere you spend nine hours of your day is a good place to actually have the kingdom also show up. So I'm infatuated with this idea of community, healthy organizations. When we're, as we're building our church, because we get to build it however we want, that's the beauty of starting a church. If you want to build a different church, I encourage you. Um, but we get to build one here. And so we get to build it any way we want. And so as we build our community, we're going to build it intentionally with the idea of what we're building here has to be able to hold a family, has to be able to hold. Where people have, as people come in, as you guys come in, and you, maybe it's your first time, who, who has never been here before? Raise your hand. Shoot, that's a lot. Come on. Well, welcome. So... When we bring new people in here and we're excited about them coming in here, we want them to come in here because we have an incredible message of Jesus that just can't wait to get out. We want to build it in such a way that we're creating something really healthy that actually can sustain people staying. Um, one thing I, I, the, one of the biggest things I love about community is that out of community will always create healthy, powerful people, okay? You can get healthy and powerful probably on your own with Jesus alone, but I'll be honest, guys, it's really, really hard. And maybe, that, maybe I shouldn't say that. That doesn't sound very positive. Um, maybe the message, I just, maybe I'll say it this way, guys. It is so much easier to become healthy and powerful inside a community, inside of a family. Not just any family, right? <laughs> We're all thinking about our families. <laughs> but healthy families, right? And what is a healthy family? Well, we'll probably talk about some of that today. But, but honestly, like, walk with us. And you'll see what a healthy family looks like. Hang out with us. Keep coming. Have lunch with people. Let's do this. We're, that, that's the call on, on this community is to create healthy family. Because if we can create a healthy family, then we don't actually have to create powerful people. 
because the family will do it for us. The community will do it for us. That is, as you show up, you, you, you won't be able to help but get transformed into the image of Jesus. But if we, so we have to, so the, the call here isn't to like focus on the individual Bens or the, or the, or the Kevins or the, or the Chris's. We actually have to focus on, on the kingdom, the Father. The <laughs> um, you have to focus on God. And what is he doing? What's God building? Okay? I know we want to come in here and focus on individuals, on ourselves and stuff like that. And some of that's really good, right? We come in like, ah, oh, God, I need you. It's about me today. And God says, that's okay. <laughs> I died for you. <laughs> so we can make it about you. But what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about community. Okay? So inside of community, I have a few notes. I'm going to try and keep it somewhat in line here. But what I love about community is that, like I said, it's how we create powerful people. We become more effective lovers when we're in healthy communities. If you're outside of a community, you don't have any model to learn and grow from. You're kind of, you're doing it on your own. And when you're doing things alone, I've seen it again and again and again. I don't care how zealous you are for God. I don't care how, how on fire you are or even how smart you are. If you're not surrounding yourself with other great, loving, kind, generous lovers of God, it's going to take you a lot longer. I've seen powerful like evangelists get burned out because they got frustrated because they weren't in a community because they didn't think anybody liked them and all these other things. When you're in a community... You, you're, you feel loved all the time. I might read a quick. This is a. Oh, wait a second. I'm going to read a quick quote my friend said just because I was thinking about it this morning. Oh, this is going to derail us though. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't do that. All right. I won't, I won't, I won't push my dysfunctions on you guys. Um, all right. So I've, I, you know, Jessica and I, my history with communities is we've, we've built a couple big home groups. Um, I never see them as big. I just see them as amazing because I don't really care if there's two people. It's wonderful. But we were in La Jolla for, when we first got married for two and a half years. We built an incredible community. And if you guys have heard my story, which apparently a lot of you guys haven't because you're new here, um, our story, we got married back in 2008. We started a community, a home group, just because we wanted to be around people and our, our church was amazing so, and we wanted a home group. So we did that and we just started teaching and worshiping and loving each other and prophesying of each other, sharing the, what God was speaking over each other. And it didn't take long before people would start coming up to us, says, Jesse, this group is the reason I moved to San Diego. I didn't know why I moved to San Diego until I came here. And they'd be like, this group, like, this is like my family. I'm like, but yeah, but you go to our church. Shouldn't that be your family? And they'd be like, no, this is our family. And then, and then we started a group up here in, uh, in, in Orange County. We moved from Reading, uh, from ministry school down here because um, our, our, my family lives in Newport Beach, my in-laws. And we just, we, like I said, it was selfish. We just wanted people to be around us. We invited a few of our friends over. And we just started worshiping and sharing. We just encouraging one another. Um, and before long, the numbers, people just got excited about this. 
I don't know why, it was, it was really good, right? There's, they came because it was family. It felt life-giving. Now, I'll be honest, the worship was pretty good. <laughs> I'm not going to be like, it wasn't very good. It was Jesus, not me. You know? um, <laughs> Jesus was in it. Um, and we had some great worships. We had Tommy and Tony and me and, and a guy named Devin. And we had some great worship. We had some great messages. It was some good messages. They weren't fantastic. Sometimes they were five minutes. Sometimes they were like, they were me just rambling. Sometimes it was somebody else rambling. But you know what happened? The most incredible thing happened. I had people coming up to me again. And they said, Jesse, I don't recognize myself anymore. I don't even, Jesse, my friends don't recognize me anymore. I can tell you, I hardly recognize the people that started there and now they're a year or two later. I could, <laughs> come on, Melissa. <laughs> See, there's a lot of you guys here in this room because you went, you started in that home group. You heard about something God was doing and you went there, right? Why? Because you're hungry. Because you need God more. You're like, you're just, you know there's more of God, so I'm gonna find him. That's what hungry people do. I love that you're here. If this isn't where you're supposed to be, find somewhere. But get hungry for God because he's everywhere. But people would come and they'd show up. And I, I, I mean, I, could, I, I look around the room. I just want to tell stories about everybody I see. I remember, I remember this one girl. She's on our team now. She came and, and I'm looking at her. She's like this really quiet, kind of nervous, you know, very pretty. And she's like, ah. And we do some crazy stuff here. We, we're, we kind of stretch people here. And, and I'm like, I don't know if she's going to stay, God. I think she, this might be just a one-time thing for her. And, and you know, she kept coming. She kept showing up. And I'll tell you, like, a year later, she decided she wanted to go to ministry school. And then she just got radically transformed. And now she's doing incredible things. She's feeling powerful. She loves herself. She loves others. Like, she makes me nervous when she started evangelizing. Because I'm like, whoa, that makes me nervous. I don't want to talk to that person. <laughs> I might tell a few more stories. But I want to I dive in a little bit about community and If I, can, if I can just leave something with you guys, I was thinking to myself, God, what do I want this amazing group to grab a hold of? What do I want them to walk out of the doors with, right? Because I've walked through, I've, I've sat through a lot of sermons and I walked out with nothing. Um, and that was probably my fault. Um, <laughs> let's laugh at that. Um, but I was asking, what do I want people to walk away with? And the biggest thing, guys, the biggest thing that I would love for us to grab a hold of, and I'm, I'm still getting this, guys, I'll be honest, is I want us to have a desire and a hunger to do community, to learn what it even looks like. And I'm going to kind of break into that a little bit here, but I want us, I want us to have a, a value for doing community. The world has this crazy value for doing things alone. I don't know where we get it from, but it's everywhere. I mean, you think about how many cars are on the road. Like, we had to actually entice people to drive with somebody else that we call an HOV lane. You know, it's like, we just want to do stuff alone. I don't know if that's really true or not, but there's so many things we do alone. And I'm not going to get into cultural aspects of what other cultures do and they, their families live together and all that stuff. 
there's some awesome things if you want to explore that. I want to get into a little bit of some of the stuff that God was showing me to share. This, this to me feels like a five-week sermon or whatever, and I, but we're just not going to do that. Um, I'm, going to read, uh, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures that I felt like might not be mind-blowing. Like they may not be like, whoa, but I want us to get grounded in something really simple. Because if you've been around me very long, the gospel's really simple. So I'm going I'm to hit on Acts, 4, Acts 2. Acts 2, 42. We're going to start there. We're going to read 4 or 5. <laughs> I hear pages turning. Wow. <laughs> All right. Acts 2. Verse 42, they devoted them, so this is, this is after the Holy Spirit came on the, the, uh, in the upper room after their meeting there, and there was like tongues of fire were showing. They had this huge encounter with God, Holy Spirit, awesomeness. They went out, preached to 5,000 people, a bunch of people got saved, and now they had to figure out, what do we do? What do we do with all these new Christians? So then they say this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship. So they devoted themselves to learning and growing. They just heard about Christianity a minute ago. They might have had some understanding of it through religion, but now they were learning about something far more powerful. They, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, hanging out, connecting, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Fellowship, breaking of bread, and to prayer. It's funny, when we do our home groups, we hang out, we eat together, and we pray for each other. That's in there. I love that. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. These are new Christians coming in. They're watching all of these signs and wonders that the power of God change everything. Okay? Now it's not just about healing and shoulders healing and, and elbows. That's awesome. Because to me, I'm like, God, you're so good. You would do that, God, you can find me a house. You would do that, you can get me new shoes if I need them. You, you can save the homeless population if you can heal an elbow. So I love signs and wonders. I also love it when I hear testimonies of someone saying, hey, Jesse, man, I, I don't recognize myself. In fact, I talked to my father for the first time in two years. We had reconciliation. We had a three-hour talk on the phone, and I'm going to visit him next week. Like, that's what I love to hear. And that, that happened because someone decided to keep showing up in community. Listen, we can keep praying for people, but most of the time, God actually wants to do things differently than, than our first, like, wham, bam, get it done. If you're not getting the breakthrough, like, seek God on it. And honestly, guys, most of what God has planned for us happens through and in community. So if you're outside of community, if you're feeling like a lone ranger these days, you're missing out. And I want to put that hunger in you, that desire, by talking about the beauty of community. Listen, I, don't, I didn't grow up in church, but I've heard stories, okay? And I've heard... <laughs> I've heard that there's some places that will try and guilt you into doing the right thing. I've heard that we'll talk about all the things that could happen to you bad if you don't do this. 
hey, brother, if you don't go, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. Well, that might be true, but if that's your motivation for going to Jesus, that's your motivation for staying in Jesus. I'd rather you be motivated for life and life eternal. I'd rather you be motivated by the glory and the joy of Jesus in your life every day of your life. Like, how about that for encouraging someone to, get, to do something? And so I don't ever want to guilt anybody into doing anything that I think we should be doing, even if the Bible says. I want, to look, I want you to show you how beautiful community is. Listen, your dreams won't be fulfilled outside of community. If you want your dreams to come true, come true find a group of people that are going to help you get there. Listen, I could tell you so many dreams of our community that have happened because they got free, they got healthy, they got, they got encouraged, they got happy. Man, I had a buddy of mine, he, 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 he came out of prison and he started hanging out with our community. And like before long, like he's telling me, Jesse, this is what I need. I'm like, I know. <laughs> and he learned how to hear from God for other people. And he started doing it everywhere he went and he couldn't stop. And he says, Jesse, this is amazing. I haven't, I haven't wanted to do anything bad in a long time. I'm like, I know. It's how good God is. <laughs> Listen, if we could do this alone, then, it, then, then the Bible would say something radically different. It would. It would say, they devoted themselves to each other, to themselves. They devoted themselves to themselves and followed themselves. They ate alone and they prayed to God by themselves. And everyone was filled with many wonders that they did by themselves. And all the believers were not together and had nothing in common. They didn't sell any property because it was theirs. And it belonged to them. Sorry, this is fun. And they didn't give it to anybody else who had need. Because they didn't have, there was no needs because they were by themselves. And every day they continued to not meeting together and they just stayed home or they ate out alone. <laughs> they broke bread by themselves and drove together and went to work alone. I'm sorry, they, they drove alone and worked alone and their hearts were glad for themselves. <laughs> and I don't know if the Lord added to their number daily because that's what this, this says. I don't know what it would say. It says, it says everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the, by the apostles. You could say by each other because that's where they were going. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who has need. Every day, say every day. Come on, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. So when I hear temple courts, I think some established building, right? I looked it up actually, everywhere it says temple courts, it means that. They actually met together in churches. They broke bread in their homes. That's awesome, we got out of the church. That's brilliant. And ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Come on. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. <laughs> that reads differently, doesn't it? 
This is important to God. I feel like it's something we keep hearing in church because I've heard a lot, right? Um, if, you've been in the, if, in, if you've been in church long enough, this has been a message that we keep resounding. And, and I've, I've told our team, like, if we build a church and we can't do community well, let's just stop. Because I'm, I'm unwilling to build a building or work, I'm, I'm, I'm unwilling to build just an organization that doesn't create family. Okay? So, we can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. That's why you're here, I hope. And that's why if you've stayed, you've decided this is a really good place to grow and to build family. I believe it is. You should hear the stories. I'm trying to tell them all to you. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of, I'm going to hit on something practical here because well, we've been pretty practical. I felt like I wanted to hit on a couple things about community that is, that is, that's difficult. And I don't always focus on the negative because I don't think it's really, I think it's not really that interesting. Okay. But I will hit on the negative every now and then because oftentimes we, we bump up against the negative when we try to do something, right? We've all tried community maybe at some point. And I'm just going to go through this, not a lot of time, but here's some things that I think are hindrances in our culture, in our lives. And I promise you I've seen them all in my own life. Listen, one of the biggest obstacles to community is we have a lot of options. There's a lot of things you guys could spend your time doing. We can literally pick and choose what community to be a part of. You could, you could choose that community this week and this community next week and this community that week, but really you've never really picked a community. And what happens is we have so many options, we, we actually just pick nothing. <laughs> we just, it's just easier to go home. <laughs> and oftentimes when one community gets difficult, we just move to another when one church like feels difficult for us, we're like, well, it just doesn't fit me very well. And I'll go to some other one. Well, when this friend group starts offending me a little bit, I'll find another one. You know, when, when my community at work doesn't feel very supportive or it feels like they don't like me anymore, I'll just find somewhere else to do community. So we tend to just quit communities instead of actually pressing through the fire instead of walking through this painful place with the Father so that we can get the breakthrough on the other side. See, that's what happens when, when people stay in a community long enough is they actually become really healthy. If you just do community for a little bit, you might get a little bit healthy. And when I, when I say healthy, I'm thinking like, like your thoughts are, you're starting to have really good thoughts. You don't have any anxiety, stress. You start to actually want to pray for people. You actually get prayed for. Like you get strong. You, your career takes off because you feel good about who you are and what you're capable of doing. Like that's healthiness. That happens by staying in the community long enough to work through that difficult stuff. Another hindrance I thought was really interesting is you can do life without anyone else and survive just fine. I've actually do a lot of life coaching and I coach people that say, I just don't have any friends. And I'm like, how is that possible? I have lots. Like, how do you not have friends? Do you not know how to get friends? And the reality is, like, it's difficult to get friends outside of community. I get it. Like, I'm thinking to myself, like, how do I tell you to get friends? 
Like, I just say, come to our church, but here in, you're in New York or something. It's like, I don't know. Do you go to church? You should. Like, you can get friends there. It's like, <laughs> go to interest groups. I don't know. But I know that you can do life without friendships. I've seen it. There's, there, there's, there's people that I know that, like, they don't have friends. And I'll, I'll be honest, it's easy, to do, it's easy to survive without friends. I'll just say that. You guys know what I'm saying by that? I don't like to survive. I actually want to thrive. I want to be abundant and have life abundantly. Again, we don't live around each other, so it makes it more of a sacrifice, right? That's the thing I hear again and again. Well, you know, Chelsea lives like 40 minutes away, and Seattle lives 30, and, and well, Chris lives 20, and so I, I just can't do community with these people. Well, that is difficult, isn't it? Sounds like there's a sacrifice to be made. Sounds like there's going to be something that's going to cost you to do community. I feel like we could like just talk about all these different things, but we could like expound on that. But let's, let's keep going. This is good. Like I said, I just want the Father to just to speak to your heart in areas where you feel like, like, yeah, that was for me, God. I want to do that better. I want to dive into community. I want to not retreat. All those fun stuff. We don't know how to address unhealthy behaviors in communities, so we allow them to destroy or divide the community. I've been to a lot, of, I've been in part of a few communities that imploded. Or I've heard of communities that have imploded. Well, so-and-so has slept with so-and-so, and so now we're all leaving. <laughs> or just, just so-and-so is really hurtful, and I don't want to be around this group anymore. Now, some of that stuff is really real. Well, it's all real, <laughs> And it all matters to God. But, but listen, we, we know there's going to be messes in our community. We're building this thing so that we have messes. Let me say that again. <laughs> We're building this church community so that messes can happen. Messes like people can be offended. People can be hurt. They can feel not valued. Because I promise you, the plan of the enemy is to, is, is to lie to us and to get us to believe that these messes matter more than reconciliation. <laughs> I love Chris. It's like a cheerleading section here. Listen, listen. If my heart for our community, all communities in Orange County, everywhere, is that we would look at messes as opportunities for reconciliation and connection. The only reason God is not afraid of messes is that he knows how to solve them. He knows how to make them whole. Okay? So if, if you come into any community, our community, whatever, and you're feeling offended and hurt because someone said something from the stage that really made you feel bad about yourself, come talk to me. If I made a mess, I'm going to clean it up. I've cleaned up lots of messes. <laughs> I really have. And if, and if you're hurt by somebody else, we, listen, as a community of lovers... We're not afraid of messes. Messes are an opportunity to create connection and deeper friendships. We will literally fall more in love with each other when we're able to look at an offense and say, you couldn't have meant that. You couldn't have meant that. This is what I heard. Did you mean that? Oh my gosh. No, Chris, I didn't mean that. I was saying that about this other thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for telling me that. Man, I love, I love you too. You're so great. You're so great. 
I know it's not always that easy. Like some messes are really big and they're ugly and they take a lot of time and effort and healing needs to happen. But if you'll sit in that place in a community of uncomfortableness long enough to hear the love of the Father in that place, dude, you're going you're gonna to make yourself proud. Because the Father's already proud of you. But you're going you're gonna to just well up with joy that you followed the Father through that mess. And you're just going to be so confident of his love for you and your love for other people because you didn't run. You hung out. It was ugly. It was scary. It was not fun. But we're Christians. <laughs> we're Christians. We don't, we're not afraid of messes. We have a father that he's the author of all the cleaning supplies. Listen, the Father is okay with messes happening all through the Bible. I was going to do this, but it's not the Bible. <laughs> it's not the Bible. Um, <laughs> I don't want to, I, I just, I'm passionate about messes. Because they just happen. And if you need to know how to clean up a mess, then we can work on that. All right. You can do life with anyone else and survive just time. I already said that. Don't live, da, 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 da. Haha. <laughs> Our culture does nothing to make community easy. It's all about who's the best and most successful. Don't trust others. Look out for number one and go ahead and compare yourself to everybody around you. <laughs> Let's laugh at that. <laughs> That's the message as you drive around, as you walk around. It, or it can be if you, if, if, you, if you happen to see that. If you don't see that, beautiful. Just keep seeing the kingdom. But that's, that's the pull on us that, that tries to pull us out of these kingdom communities, that tries to pull us into individuality, that tries to pull us into doing things alone, all that stuff. Yeah. Sometimes, guys, we're just in a season where we don't know how to do community. My wife and I had a baby, our first baby. We didn't know what to do. We had great community around us, but we had this whole new dynamic and we just kind of like went into our house and, and tried to do family well. And we were behind the power curve with parenting as parents are and, and we just, we didn't do community very well. And so we're realizing that now. We're like, oh wow, that's what happened. So sometimes it's just, it's just timing. It's just new things in your life happened, a new environment, a new season and community all of a sudden got really difficult. And so sometimes that's just, that's reality. And so understanding that's what happened and now pushing past it. Meeting with your friends saying, Chris, I'm having a hard time with community. What do I do? <laughs> Let's hang out. <laughs> um, I don't think we can teach community. Okay. And I feel a little, I, honestly, I feel a little short saying that with all these eyes looking at me, hoping, I don't, know if you're, I don't know if you want an answer or something like that. Jesus is the answer. The, the Father, he is the answer. I don't know how to teach community except have it. And if I'm going to challenge you guys with anything, I want to challenge you guys to find Community. I'm less concerned you're in one of our home groups or our community than I am just concerned that you guys find it. 
So if you don't normally go to this church, awesome. Find a place for you just to rub up against some people. I asked Dan Moeller, Dan, he's one of the speakers that came out one time. He's one of my heroes. Dan, why, why do we even do church anymore? Essentially, why do we do community? He goes, he goes, he goes well, it's just, it's because of Hebrews 10, 19. <laughs> he didn't say that. He says, he says, well, we're just called to sharpen each other. We're just called to make each other great. And Hebrews, um, it says uh, 10, I'll start at 10, 20, 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. That's why we do it, guys. That's why we do it. How many of you, raise your hand. How many of you guys have dreams? Raise your hand. How many of you guys have a, a passion to do something amazing with your life? Raise your hand high. Come on. Look around you now. Look around at the hands raised up. Guys, seriously, look around you. That person needs your help. That person needs you. Everybody in this room needs other people. I promise you, if you don't think you need people's help, then your dream's not big enough. And God wants to upgrade that dream. You're needed here. You're not heated here. You're not needed here to fill a seat. You're not needed here so we have more voices in the air. You're needed here because the because there's because you're needed. One of one of the one of the biggest litmus tests of a healthy community are people getting their dreams fulfilled. If I see a community and all I see is a bunch of disappointed people with their dreams being like um, put off. Right? Hope fulfilled is a tree of life. But a heart, a hope deferred makes the heart sick. Right? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. When our dreams are deferred, we get sick inside. We get literally, it just, we start feeling, ah, I'm, it's just, we just get sick, if you know what I mean, like spiritually sick. We need to have our dreams fulfilled. We need to be fulfilled in God. And so if I look at a community and their dreams aren't being fulfilled, I'm a little concerned about that community. So a healthy community is a community where our dreams are fulfilled. Because if your dreams are fulfilled, chances are the kingdom is being built. If you're connected to God and going after God, my guess is the kingdom, that your dreams have something to do with what God's called you to do. And if you're doing what you're called to do, the kingdom's going to take care of itself. Right? My job is to, is to build a church. Every, you guys can take care of yourself. The church can take care of itself. If we just build the kingdom, people are going to get healthy. People are going to get saved. They're going to get healed. They're going to get delivered. Our job is to create healthy environments for people to do that. And that's your job. Your job is to be that healthy environment. Your job is to, is to seek God in all things. Pursue community. Devote yourself to each other. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.